Happy Easter, New Life, and all of our friends who are watching today. This is a day to celebrate. This is a day to rejoice. This is a day that promises hope and promises life and can get us excited rather than feeling like the weather outside. We are so glad that you are with us today. We have a special service lined up for you, and we have a number of things that are going to be happening. And to begin off, I want to uh, introduce you to Chris Stadig, who is our children's director, and she is going to give us another welcome and run us through some announcements for the morning. He is risen, and then that's where you say he is risen indeed. We are gathered here together to celebrate the risen Jesus. So Chris, let's hear what you have to say. Good morning, everybody. I'm Chris Static, and I'm the Director of Children's Ministry for New Life Church, and I just want to welcome you this morning to our online service. And normally, you get invited into our space, and today, we have been invited into yours, and we just really want to thank you for that. And you know what? We have been social isolating now for about four weeks, and I know for some people, it's a real challenge. But we're hoping that we can encourage you today with this service that we have to offer you and that you can experience Jesus right in your own home or wherever you are right now. We do miss seeing you gather all together and in at New Life, but you know what? It's nice that we can gather here. Please use the chat section before and after the sermon just to connect and get together again. It's kind of like our foyer time, so please take advantage of that too. We also want to remind you that during these days, that some people are facing challenges and some people have needs and we have a team available to help you and we really want you to consider accessing that if you need somebody to talk to um, somebody to just to listen somebody to pray with you if you need food or because you are not able to get out or because somebody's not well that you're taking care of we would love to help you with those kind of things and you can do that by leaving a message at the church um, and just following the prompts to make the connection there. Or you can do it through newlifecollingwood.com if you want to do that instead. And um, everything we're doing is virtual. <clears throat> that means giving of our tithes and offering is also virtual. You can go to the website, newlifecollingwood.com, and you can give there. You can also give by mail there. That's where our um, address will be there available for you too. So we do want you to just sit back, relax, and enjoy this time together. It'll be nice. It's Easter. Happy Easter to you. It's a celebration for us today. Um, and right now we do have a little video from all of you to share with everybody. So just take a second now and hear this video. Good morning, New Life. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Happy Easter from the Smiths. Happy Easter. 
a highly unusual way of celebrating Easter, but we trust it is a special time for you and that you can make some genuine connections with family. God bless. Bye. Happy Easter, everybody. God bless everybody. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Happy Easter from the plague. Good morning, New Life. Happy Easter from the Proctor family. We sure miss you all. Looking forward to seeing everybody. Until then, practice your social distancing. Ready, Sybil? Want to, want to say Happy Easter? That is close. Happy Easter from the kisses. He is risen. Good morning, New Life family. Happy Easter from the Roberts. Happy Easter, everyone. Happy Easter, everybody, from me and Elizabeth. Happy Easter, everybody. Happy Easter, everybody. <laughs> Isabel. <gasps> so excited. I know. You know what? These are all of my friends from New Life Church. And you know what? They're at home just like you. Oh, hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. This is my friend Isabel. And Isabel comes to New Life Kids Online on Wednesdays at 10 o'clock. So if you would like to spend time with her, you need to come it is Wednesdays. so much fun. I know. We have a very good time. You know what? You just have to send me an email to children at newlifecollingwood.com and we will add you to the list to get on our Zoom call with Isabel and me and all of our friends. It's really fun. Mm -hmm. it's, a lot of, it's a lot of fun. Now, Isabel, how have you been doing? Oh, pretty good. I saw Paul tonight. You saw Paul, but we haven't really seen anybody. How did you see Paul? I was uh, just walking and... Have you seen his hair? Oh, I he's, haven't seen his hair. He's turning into a hippie. Uh-oh. Do you know what, Isabel? Nobody can get their hair cut right now. Oh, I know. My roots are starting to show. I know. I think we all have to go. And if Paul is starting to look like a hippie, I don't know. It's going to be pretty scary in a few weeks, don't you think? I think it will. Well, do you know what, Isabel? I really want to tell our kids that they have a great opportunity to help the people in our community and help our people that are going to be making food for people that need food in the community. So what's going to happen is they're going to make the food, and I'm asking all the kids to draw pictures and send them to me at children at newlifecollingwood.com and I'm going to make cards out of their pictures, their coloring pages, for everybody that's getting food. Can you draw a picture for me too? I would love to draw a picture. Okay, great. And you know what? We'll do something about your hair tonight. Okay. Oh, thanks. Happy Easter, everybody. Happy Easter. Well, Chris, I don't know what Isabel is talking about. I think my hair looks fine. Don't you, kids? Hey, can you guys do me a favor? We're going to put a phone number up on the screen. It's a phone number that you can text. And I want you to tell me whether you think I should keep growing my hair or whether I should get the clippers out and just shave it off. 
and I'll let you guys help me decide. I'm not going to let you decide, but I'll let you help me decide. So you guys text that number and just say yes to let it grow or no, shave it off. Okay, yes, let it grow, no, shave it off. You can text that number on your screen. Okay, enough silliness. We want to celebrate. We want to enjoy this morning. We all want to be together, but we're going to do it this way. And we have just a special inspirational video for you to watch right now. And then Steve is going to do a special musical piece for us. And then when we come back, I'm going to walk us through uh, an Easter message. We'll see you in a few minutes. I'm going to invite you to pray with me right now. Lord, open our lips and our mouths will sing your praise. We will sing glory be to God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, so it is now and so it will be forever. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we celebrate today. This is a day that is a reminder to us that you are active in this world. That the God that we've been spending all of our lives trying to understand has actually come to us so that we could know you. You walked among us. You set up camp among us, as John said, so that we could know you, so that we could know the Father, that we could experience your love, that we could experience the life that you long to give us, that we might enjoy living in your kingdom, and that it's not something we wait for, When we're gone, it's something we experience now and then experience it more fully when we are with you in person. Thank you for the empty tomb. Thank you for the cross because the cross shows us how much you love us. The cross shows us to what extent you will go to defeat death, to defeat evil, to defeat suffering. And it is a reminder to us that you intend to return and to set everything right. And you've invited us to partner with you until that time. So as your people, we want to live in such a way that we are bringing your love, your light, your passion, your mercy, your forgiveness into this world. May we be people of good news. Good news of the cross. Good news of the empty tomb. Good news of the God who has walked among us in the person of Jesus Christ and who lives within us in the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. Three in one. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I get excited about that. That prayer that I started at the beginning is, is a prayer that I pray just about every day as part of my uh, being formed through prayer. And those of you who have been tracking along uh, Monday to Friday mornings at 8 o'clock, I've been walking you through some of those elements of of just a, a liturgy that I use that allows me to be formed in prayer and prepares me to be with God so I can say to him whatever I want. But I like having these elements that prepare me for that. And the one prayer that I pray... Uh, It's called the Gloria. Glory be to God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, so it is now, and so it will forever be. Amen. But all through the season of Lent, I don't include the hallelujah. And it's not until this morning when I prayed that prayer that I could shout out, amen, hallelujah. And I'm kind of excited about that. So you'll have to bear with me uh, in relation to that. Now, I got some text messages from you guys, and it's, uh, it's looking 
uh, pretty close right now in a, in a tie whether I keep my hair or shave it off. So you'll just have to wait for weeks to come. I want to take a few minutes to, uh, to just walk us through uh, a story about a guy named Peter as it relates to the Easter story and Jesus. And I want to ask you this question to start. What do you do when you screw up big time? When you let down a close friend and you said you wouldn't and you did and it was a huge failure, what do you do? What do you do the very next time you see that person? That's the story of a guy named Peter that we're introduced to uh, in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, these good news accounts of the life and teachings of Jesus. And I'm going to focus mostly in John, chapters 20 and 21, the end of John's Gospel. But I want to tell the story of Peter for us this morning and see how it relates to this last chapter, the resurrected Jesus. Many of you will be familiar, some of you won't be familiar about uh, the story of Peter. Peter was a fisherman who was uh, doing what he did best, and that was going out in the boats, fishing through the night for a catch, and then um, cleaning up the nets, cleaning the fish out in the mornings. And we are first introduced to Peter in John chapter 1, where his brother Andrew has met Jesus, and then he comes to find Peter. And Peter is introduced to Jesus, and they have a conversation that really begins a journey of Peter trying to figure out who Jesus is and what Jesus is up to and how he fits into this picture with Jesus. In Luke chapter 5, Jesus encounters Peter again early on in their relationship, and Peter has been fishing with his mates all night. Jesus comes along, and he talks to them and says, did you catch anything? And, and they weren't really successful. He says to Peter, can, can I use your boat? There's a lot of people here, and I just want to go out on the water a little bit so that I can teach them a little easier. So Peter obliges. Jesus gets in the boat with him and the others and teaches the crowds. Afterwards, Jesus says to them, why don't you throw your nets in again? See what happens. And they do. And I think they have a sense at this point, uh, you can read this in Luke 5, they have a sense that, that there's something about Jesus. So they, they oblige and they throw the nets over the side and they catch an enormous amount of fish. In fact, it is so crazy that, that Peter realizes he's in the presence of, of somebody who is beyond him. And he actually feels like he shouldn't even be with Jesus. And Jesus uh, just comforts him and assures him. This is Peter's introduction to Jesus. And Jesus invites him to follow him and says, you know, Peter, you fish for fish now, but I'm actually going to use you to fish for people and to build my kingdom when I'm gone. And as you read through the gospel story, you have three years of Peter being with Jesus. And we have different accounts and experiences, events that are taking place throughout this whole time. One of them, as you're reading through John's gospel, is in John chapter 6. Jesus uh, is with a huge crowd of people, thousands of people, and they're in a remote place. There's, there's nowhere for them to get food, and yet Jesus thinks that he and his close band of followers should be feeding these people. And this is the story known as the feeding of the 5,000. And with just a few fish and a few loaves of bread, uh, Jesus uh, prays and everyone eats, and there's even leftovers. And it's these kinds of experiences that leaves Peter wondering what Jesus is up to. And he's beginning to see things about Jesus that he wasn't expecting. 
that God is at work in ways that he wasn't anticipating. And his love for Jesus continues to grow until at one point when Jesus is with his followers, he turns to them and says, who do people say that I am? Who do they think I am? What have you been hearing about me? And it's not asked in a vain way. Jesus has a purpose in doing this. And so his, the disciples, his closest followers, Peter, one of them, say, well, some people think that you're Elijah or, or one of the prophets. And Jesus looks at his close followers and he says, well, what about you? What do you think about me? Who do you think I am? And Peter quickly speaks for the whole group, and he says, you're the Messiah, the anointed one. You are, are the one we've been expecting, the, the embodiment of God for all of humanity. And Jesus commends him on that. And for Peter, I think this is the moment when his being with Jesus, his knowledge about Jesus, uh, his search for, for God at work in this world everything just comes into place and there's this aha moment and Peter begins to realize that Jesus is more than just this amazing teacher that he's been walking with doing these incredible things that nobody else does and having this profound teaching and and just seeing the presence of God in Jesus in ways that he couldn't comprehend and Peter begins to realize this is what God was telling us he would do and he's present among us within this man named Jesus. He's the Messiah. And from that point on, I think Peter gets quite bold in his following of Jesus. And that, that brings us to this last week, the Holy Week. Jesus is having supper with his closest followers, the disciples. And he's in uh, an upper room with them above a house. They're having a special meal. And this is the last night of Jesus' life before he's arrested, before he's crucified. And he actually says to his disciples, and he'd been letting them know ahead of time, you know, what was coming, that he knew he was going to be arrested, that he knew what, what was happening when he came to Jerusalem. And as they're having supper, he says to them, you're all going to abandon me. And Peter... I think, who is so close to Jesus, looks at Jesus and says, you know, if all these people in this room, if they abandon you, I will never abandon you. I am so committed to you, Jesus. And then Jesus says to him, well, Peter, um, before this night is over, you're going to find out something very different. You will actually deny me uh, three times. And through the story of Good Friday, and coming into Easter, uh, you can read about this at the end of each of the Gospels. As you come into uh, the end of John's Gospel, in John chapter 18, Peter is, uh, Jesus has been arrested. The disciples have all fled. Peter is with a disciple known as the one Jesus loved, who um, had some wealth in the family. He could get access to the high priest, and he brings Peter with him into the courtyard. And Peter is around a charcoal fire. And you can read this in John 18. And I want you to pay attention to that, the, the fact that John tells us there is a charcoal fire there. And Peter's warming himself around the fire. And three times he gets asked, hey, you, you're with Jesus. You're one of his followers. And Peter says, no, it's not me. And he, and he gets angry each time they do it. And in fact, he's, he's getting so mad, he's, he's swearing at people, cursing them for the last moment. And the last time he does it, uh, we read 
that a, a rooster crowed, and Jesus had told him that would happen, and Peter realizes what he did, and he's devastated. He screwed up. He failed his friend. He abandoned him in his moment of need. And then, of course, Jesus ends up being tried and executed on the cross. And Peter's devastated because the Messiah, God who's among us, this shouldn't happen. He should be coming in and conquering these people. Instead, he's dead on a cross and and he's put into a tomb. And Peter's left devastated along with the other followers. And then this brings us to the Easter story. That the women go Easter morning, you can read about this in John 20, they go to see the body and as custom, they would um, put balm over the body and spices to, to continue with the burial process. And when they get to the tomb, it's empty. So they run back and they tell the disciples and we're told in John 20 that Peter and the other disciple run to the tomb to see what's happening. And Peter, at this point, I think, is trying to figure out, wait a minute, he's dead. He said he was going to die, but he's dead, and, and now the tomb is empty. And there's all this emotion going on within him. He thought he knew who Jesus was, but then he didn't. And he thought he knew what was going to happen, but it didn't happen the way he expected it. And now he's remembering what Jesus told him was going to happen, and now everything is confusing. He goes back with uh, his mates and they are uh, hiding out in a house because they're afraid because they're so close to Jesus that the people who killed Jesus are going to want to kill them too, which often happens. And they're hiding out, the, the room is locked and suddenly Jesus is there. The resurrected Jesus appears before them and he simply says to them, peace be with you. And it's amazing and it's stunning and they're left talking about all of this And Jesus is gone. And then they wait and they wonder. And eventually, this might be uh, days, Peter decides he's going to go fishing. He goes back to what he's always done. He goes back to the everyday, to the ordinary rhythms of his life. He's experienced the resurrection, but then life still happens. So he does the ordinary things that he's familiar with. And it's within the ordinariness of Peter's every day that Jesus shows up, even though Peter isn't looking for him. And in John 21, Peter and his mates have been out fishing all night, and they're coming into the shore, and they see a man on the shore. But we're told that they didn't recognize Jesus. They couldn't see who it was. John 21, verse 4. It's early in the morning. And the person on the beach says, hey, did you catch anything? Because that's what you ask fishermen. And the answer is no, we fished all night, didn't catch a thing. And the man on the shore says, well, throw it over on the other side of the boat. Let down your nets again. And they do, and the catch is amazing. Large fish, in fact, 153 fish. John seems to want to be very specific about how many. And it's a good fishing story because they're big fish. They're not just little fish. And it's at that moment, see, I think Peter must have been wondering, but at that moment, one of the other followers says, it's the Lord, it's Jesus. And Peter literally jumps out of the boat and he goes running into the shore. And when he gets on the shore, there's Jesus and he has made a charcoal fire. 
You can read about this in John 21. Just a few chapters earlier in John 18, two nights before, when Jesus is being tried and executed, Peter's at a charcoal fire. John is doing this intentionally because he's helping us enter into Peter's story. So Peter finally gets to recognize Jesus. He's experienced the resurrection. He's still looking for Jesus, and, and in the ordinary, everyday part of his life, Jesus shows up, and he's able to see Jesus and to recognize him. And then Jesus has a conversation with Peter. He has fish and bread, which just takes you back to that feeding of the 5,000 where Jesus actually, after doing that, says, I am the bread of life. Come to me and you'll, you'll have everything that you need. And we talked about this on Good Friday, that Jesus is enough. And you can go back and watch that message if you haven't had the opportunity to do that. But Peter is meeting Jesus again in a very intimate setting, having breakfast on the beach, and when he's around that charcoal fire, all the imagery of what has happened in the past 36 hours is starting to run through his mind. And I believe his healing begins at that moment. And Jesus pulls Peter aside and he says to Peter, you remember when we were in that room having supper and you said, if everybody else leaves you, I'll never leave you. Peter, I just need to know, do you love me? And there's words that are used in this original language that we don't have in English. We just use the word love. But what Jesus is asking Peter is, do you love me in a, in a, in a give yourself, sacrifice your life kind of way? Strong, powerful, a godly kind of love, the way God loves us. The word is agapao. And he says to Peter, do you, do you love me? And Peter says, Lord, you know that I love you. But Peter uses a word that's phileo, and it's a, a friendly kind of love. And so Jesus asks him again, Peter, do you love me? And Peter responds, of course I do, Lord. And Jesus, the third time he asks him, basically says to Peter, Peter, can we at least be friends? Do you love me like a friend? And, and Peter's really um, distraught at this point. And he says, Lord, you know that I love you. And it's in that moment that Jesus restores Peter into their relationship. See, Jesus was vindicated through rising from the dead. What he said was going to happen happened, but he didn't stay dead. And all of his closest friends abandoned him. And now he's the risen Lord and he actually has the authority and the, the right in a just way to actually be uh, vindictive or, or revengeful, making up my words as we go along, on the people who killed him. And he could have taken the abandonment of his friends and thrown that in their face. And I wonder how much Peter was thinking about that, but Jesus doesn't do that. He loves him. He has a conversation with him. It's a hard conversation. They need to talk about um, Peter's sin, Peter's failure. But then Jesus restores him. And instead of being met with judgment and with punishment, Peter is met with forgiveness, with love, with grace, with mercy, with compassion. And he's given a new calling. Peter, feed my sheep. Take care of the people that I've called you to. 
And Peter has this realization moment. He's, he's walking with Jesus after they've had breakfast. And Jesus is, is saying, Peter, you've always done what you wanted. And yet there's a time when people are going to do what you don't want. And you're not going to have any control over that. You're going to be in situations where you can't control what is happening. And there's nothing you can do. And even then, I want you to follow me. And Peter notices that one of the other guys is walking along behind them. And he says, well, what about him? And I love what Jesus does. He, he essentially says, Peter, I'm dealing with your story. Don't worry about him. He has a story of his own. And I have a relationship with him that I'll worry about. You worry about you. And as for you, follow me. And Peter's restored into this new calling, a realization that with his life, he not only can just go about living his every day, but he can do it in a way that introduces people to the risen Lord, that gives them hope, that gives them uh, meaning and purpose in life, that gives them a, a full life that Jesus intended for us to have. Jesus wasn't going to retaliate to him. He was going to love him and restore him. You see, having breakfast with Jesus can have some remarkable results. So that leaves me with the question for you today is, what do you need today? Maybe you're there at home and you're thinking, I just need, I need some life because I'm not feeling it right now. I'm feeling cooped up and, and I need life. And like Peter, hear what Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Come to me and experience life in ways that you never anticipated. Maybe uh, you actually need to recognize Jesus in your midst. Peter was going about his everyday business and Jesus showed up. And he didn't recognize him at first. And, and maybe that's what you need today is to recognize that Jesus is in your midst. He's present with you right now. How often do we go about our days and we don't take any time to reflect and, and we actually miss Jesus in front of us in the eyes of a friend or someone in need or in a variety of other situations? And maybe this right now, me talking to you uh, through the camera is actually an opportunity for you to recognize Jesus speaking to you right now. Maybe that's what you need today. Maybe what you need is to be restored, rest restored to God because your relationship is based on fear, fear of judgment, fear of punishment. And actually, when you encounter Jesus, what you find is, uh, is he extends or he actually shows us God's love, God's forgiveness, God's mercy and grace. When we come to him recognizing, yeah, we have failed, we're incapable of, of being who we were meant to be. And what we find in Jesus is the ability to be restored because of what he did on the cross, because of his resurrection, to be restored to God, to be restored to others in our lives. And that's the beauty of the, of the Christian community. And maybe you just need to realize your story today. Peter needed some help clarifying his story. He was too worried thinking about somebody else's. And Jesus says simply, listen, this is between me and you. This is what I want for you. This is what I'm calling you to. This is what I'm inviting you into. 
And maybe today is just an opportunity for you to realize what God wants to do for you and what God wants to do through you. So I hope Peter's story is an encouragement for you as he encountered the risen Jesus and had breakfast with him. It had some remarkable results. And I believe the opportunity is there for each of us to have breakfast with Jesus today, the risen Lord, and to experience him in ways that we maybe weren't expecting. So maybe you're here today, and as we celebrate Easter, you're just realizing, I need some prayer. I need someone to pray for me. And it could be a variety of different reasons. We want to put up on the screen right down here uh, where you can email your prayer request to prayer at newlifecollingwood.com or you can text that number. Uh, If you want to call, uh, call the church office and leave a message there. All the information for what you need is on our website at newlifecollingwood.com. But we'd be happy to pray for you. And maybe you have a need. Maybe there's some real physical things that you need today. And it might be that you're not feeling so well. Maybe you're sick or maybe you're too busy caring for people who are sick or maybe you can't go out because you're worried about getting the virus and you need someone to help you out with getting your groceries or doing some errands for you. We have teams of people that are all lined up and are already doing that and will be glad to help you. And all you need to do is just get in touch with us. You can call the church number. You can email us uh, at office at newlifecollingwood.com. Um, again, go to the website. We'd be happy to track along with you. And maybe you don't normally do church, uh, except for special occasions like today. And I want to extend an invitation to you that uh, we are a community that would love to have you journey with us. And uh, we don't pretend to have it all together, uh, but we do uh, know that together we're learning what it means to find and follow Jesus and to be part of a family to where we can belong and to make a difference in our world because of what Jesus has done for us. And so you're invited to join us next Sunday, and when we get back together, uh, you are certainly invited to join us when we do meet back together. And there will be a time when we can get back together in person, and I know some of you are going to be worried about doing that. We will make sure that when we meet together for the first time, it's going to be safe to do so. And when you do come back, we'll have things in place to keep it safe. But when we do get back together... I'm going to expect you to be there. And I'm going to uh, expect our building to be overflowing because we need to meet together and we will celebrate and we will party. Never mind Super Sunday, it's seven course meal with, uh, with lots of celebrations. And so for now, we're going to celebrate this way. I hope Peter's story is an encouragement to you. I hope that it inspires you, and I hope you see yourself in Peter's story and that you can hear Jesus speaking to you right now today for whatever reason it is that you might need him to be speaking to you. Enjoy the day. Don't get together with your family. Don't get together with us. Wash your hands. Practice the social distancing. Pray for one another. Help those in need. Live like people who are following a God of life, not a God of death. A God of love, not a God of punishment and fear. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Thanks for being with us today. We will see you all next Sunday as we carry on uh, just into our spring season. God bless. Bye for now.